We got these um, mugs from someone that watches our YouTube videos. I believe his name is Avi, A-V-I. They're Asob Asobi, Asobu. And they're awesome, A-S-O-B-U. This isn't sponsored or anything by them, but they have a ceramic lining on the inside, which is pretty cool. And I was just, uh, I was in Christian's grandfather's house and I was gonna wash them. And there was this soap bottle that said like, no mess cap. And you just have to like unscrew it a little bit and then it doesn't leave like residue on the side. And the cap broke off and I dumped like a gallon of soap down the drain. There's bubbles everywhere. Anyways, welcome to the podcast, everybody. What's up, everyone? Hopefully you were thinking, well, I really hope Michael talks about um, someone that sent him a free gift and soap in the intro. That's what, exactly what I did. Today we're looking at the Micro Artist Studio, which is one of the most prestigious watchmaking set of people, watchmaking group in the world. This is by far, I believe, the best in Japan, but they would rival anyone in the world. They took tips and got information on how to do certain levels of polishing from Philippe Dufour himself, who is considered the greatest wa one of the greatest watchmakers at the very least of all time, taking many complications that were only ever seen in pocket watches and larger clocks and putting it into wristwatches. And just, I believe the simplicity, maybe it's not the simplicity, it may be the duality, is considered one of the best hand-finished watches in history of all time, ever, ever, ever. And the Micro Artist Studio got some lessons from him. And they actually, which is funny, this studio in Japan, this very small studio in Japan, had, in terms of people, not in terms of importance or anything like that, they have a picture of Philippe Dufour. I, I don't know if it's framed or a painting or something, but it's in the headquarters because he helped them so much. We're talking about watchmaking at its absolute finest. This is many, for many, many, many people, you can't get this watch because you can't afford it. And for many, 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 many other people, you can't get this watch because there's not being enough made. So this group of people makes 20 watches per year, and they're not all the same type of watch. Today we're talking about the H2. It looks like it's pronounced Eki, but it's not. It's H2. And we'll go into the Micro Artist Studio, the background about all of them, how Japan, the country itself, is honoring their work all the time. And then from start to finish, why they and how they make these watches, and then why it's special. Because the H2 you have probably seen online if you are a fan of, you know, watches in general. And you may think what I thought for a while, there is no way that watch is worth $50,000. It looks boring. And it is boring. And that's the whole point. So that's why I think this will be a fun conversation today. This video is sponsored by no one, although pretty soon we'll be able to put some ads on this podcast, which may not sound like a good thing for you, but it actually is a good thing because if we don't make money with this podcast, we have to shut it down and do things that will make us more money because Christian and I want to buy Ferraris by the time that we're 28 years old. That's completely made up. Christian can buy a Ferrari tomorrow, I believe. And since he can, that means I certainly can't. Let's get into it. So I think for the most part, I'm pretty spoiled because I have the mindset that modern day manufacturing, like manufacturing processes, machinery, you know, computers, everything, can do almost anything better than people can. There's probably a lot of things that it can't do better than people can. But from my perspective and my lack of expertise in the field, they can. So now that being said, I will tell you, 
why I finally appreciate Crador, MicroArtist Studio, these watches, and all that. The MicroArtist Studio was established in the year 2000 for the purpose of passing on the skills, I'm reading this of course, passing on the skills required in the watchmaking craft to the next generation. As demand for high-grade traditional watches grows, Seiko decided to train a new generation of skilled craftsmen in the technologies and artistic crafts that will preserve world-class Japanese watchmaking and create new timepieces that will further increase Seiko's growing reputation as a leading manufacturer. I don't know how they can furtherly increase that. I feel like everybody knows what Seiko is. But I think the coolest thing about 2022 is the fact that that is happening. Obviously, there's always going to be this tiny little group of people that are like, we need to preserve this. And, you know, largely they do, but it's not anything popular. But what's cool about the watch world essentially blowing up in the past few years is that now there's an actual need. And it makes business sense for massive companies like Seiko to be like, there's all this beautiful history and forms of polishing that we can't let die and it needs to stay intact and it needs to be done to such a high degree otherwise you have i forget what the actual term is but like brain rot or something where there's an example that countries always need to be in war every few years this is probably a horrible politicized example but not really i'm not trying to politicize it but basically if a country never goes to war their soldiers aren't trained and the higher-ups aren't trained so it, it goes away. There's brain rot, essentially. And that that happens in any sector. There's a lot of, I think right now it's nuclear production, nuclear power plants. They have to be built a certain way. Since that went down so much, they need to train a lot of people on how to weld things in a specific way and do things in a specific way. And obviously, watches aren't going to blow up and make an area uninhabitable. But that brain rot is a very serious thing that happens in society where a lot of crafts and things just go down in quality because there's not a lot of people that can carry on the tradition. So anyways, long story short, I love that Seiko is doing this in general. And I love that they're putting basically their money where their mouth is and being like, yes, we are Seiko. We make the $50 watch and the $100 watch and the $5,000 watch and the $10,000 watch. But also we make these micro artist 20 so these $50,000 watches that we only do 20 of a year with the best of the best of the best and we let them, you know, go out and find and source the best materials and they can handcraft everything and they can do what no one else can because of us, because we're putting money behind them to let them create. We're going to go into that. The Micro Artist Studio obviously is very well known for having created the Spring Drive Minute Repeater and then the, and I'm going to read this wrong, the Sonnery and the two H H watches, H2 watches, H1 and H2. But all of them have been praised, obviously. And a minute repeater is essentially, you know, you push a button on your watch, on your very expensive watch, and it will chime the time out to you. And I believe a grand sonnery does that automatically. So you don't have to push a button anymore. It takes a lot more power. It's a lot harder to do. And that's actually Philippe Dufour was the first to ever put that in a wristwatch. So that's how important of a guy this is. The Micro Artist Studio was the first to do it with Spring Drive, which is Grand Seiko's technology. It's a mix of mechanical and quartz, really. I don't think it's as complicated as it seems. It is the timing... It's the timing is wow. See, then I can't explain it. The timing of it is done, or like keeping time is done by quartz, and the actual power source isn't a battery. It's winding the watch. So it's a very, very cool blend of the two worlds, which makes them far, far, far more accurate. It's plus or minus 15 seconds a month 
as opposed to plus or minus four seconds a day with a chronometer certification. So that's cool. And I think maybe it's kind of a cheap technology, but I'm wondering when spring drive and that philosophy is going to be mixed in with solar power because Accutron does it, not with solar power, but with their twin turbine moves, which is automatic. And it was interesting when we had one of those watches. It didn't work perfectly, but I wonder when solar is going to come into the mix because that's cool. I feel like that'll kind of... I feel like there'll be a quartz revolution and where a regular ticking quartz watch will just not exist anymore because there's other ways to power it and you don't need to tick it because quartz watches tick because if they didn't tick, the battery would just run down way, way, way too fast. And that's why they are uh, they tick. It saves a lot of power. Let's get into it. So the Japanese government, they have medals of honor on individuals. I don't know a ton about this, so I'm not going to say this is an incredibly prestigious award. It may be, it may not be. It was really hard to find it because it's called Medal with Yellow Ribbon, which really doesn't yield a lot of great Google results. I just kept getting things about the Olympics. But the Medal with a Yellow Ribbon is awarded to individuals who, through their diligence and perseverance while engaging in their professional activities, become public role models. So I'd assume it's a very high honor for Japanese-made products and materials and crafts. And Grand Seiko, or Seiko rather, has one, two, three, four, five, six employees that have gotten that award. And I'll try to say their names just to, you know give them their respect, but I'm I'm actually disrespecting them by not knowing how to say many of these, but Ikeyoko Komatsu, Katsumi, Nakatawa, or Nakata, Yoshifusa, Nakazawa, Ko, Koichi, Shibata, Kauzio, Takoda, and Kenji Shiohara. Best of the best in the watchmaking world, so sorry that I said your name wrong. Today, like I said, specifically, we are looking at the H2. Now, obviously, you could be driving, but this is what the watch looks like. It is 39 millimeters in platinum, 10.5 millimeters thick, 45 millimeters lug to lug. So, kind of a big watch. The H1 was smaller, which I liked. It was a 35 millimeter case, but I can't get either of these watches anyways. But I may make it a life goal to try and get not the H2, and I don't really like the design of the H1 as much. So, hopefully, they release an H3 and it's smaller, but the same design as the H2. Who knows? Quick interesting fact about it is that uh, the platinum on the dial is a softer platinum than the platinum on the clasp. The platinum on the dial is a platinum 950, and I may have this inverted, but the platinum on the clasp is a 900, which is harder because platinum is soft. So a lot of times manufacturers will use white gold for the crown or the clasp so it lasts longer, but not the Micro Artist Studio. They just changed the blend, so that way you could have platinum everywhere. Crador means the ultimate of the gold, so the best of the best. And the actual watch, if you're looking at it, very, very plain, strikingly white dial with no numbers or anything, just thin lines denoting 1 through 12. It says Crador. The hands on the watch are blued, and then the seconds hand, the counterbalance is like a half moon. It's a very, very, very plain watch. And one that when you see it, you'd say, no way that should cost that much. But when we read about the manufacturing process, you'll understand why. Okay, so let's get into the manufacturing process. A lot of this can obviously be said way better than, well, a lot of this can be said way better than I can say it if I just read what Seiko said. So we're going to be doing a blend of that. All the major components in the watches produced by the Micro Artist Studio are made in Seiko's facility and then are sent to the studio for polishing. So the polishing and the care and attention that goes into these watches is the important part of the Micro Artist Studio. So 
Above all, the bridge's corners and the bevel around the ruby bearings must be polished to perfection to ensure that light striking the round edge conveys the metal's natural beauty without producing distortion. The fine polishing required to achieve this level of finishing can only be realized through years of experience and precise craftsmanship. Other parts, such as the tips of the pivots visible through the ruby bearings, are also polished. As these tips vary in thickness, great skills required to produce a beautiful shine. Blah, blah, blah. No offense to Seiko for that. Um, this is something that was kind of a running theme here is there is a level of I don't want to say how much I care because I do care and I know it's a ton of work but there is I guess maybe just that I'm too dumb to fully appreciate things like that and they sound like marketing a lot of the actual manufacturing here is beautiful and it's very hard you need a skilled craftsmanship but it goes only as far as someone shows me a close-up of it and basically if you picture a sheet of metal and picture the top of it being brushed in one direction, so it has like a grain to it, and then the side slopes off, and that that grain immediately ends perfectly, and then the sides of that sheet of metal are perfectly sloped down and polished and beautiful, and essentially a very, very complex to do, especially by hand, and there's little tiny, almost imperceptible, unless you look with the loop, signatures of the artist doing it, like little tiny things that they did. I want to say mistakes, but mistakes might not sound that good. On a $50,000 watch, but that's exactly what they are. It's done by hand, so it's not perfect, but what's striking is how close it is to perfect when it's done by hand. We'll go through the manufacturing. I do, you're probably going to be thinking, it's it's beautiful, it's amazing, but there's only so much I can appreciate something before. It just, it doesn't, it looks fine, it looks great. So we'll get into why this is actually an important watch, or why the philosophy behind this, if you have the money to get one, is so attractive, in is so alluring, because it wasn't for me and now it is. The base materials for the porcelain dials are manufactured in a factory all also located in the Nagano Prefecture. After production, the glazed materials are shipped to the Micro Artist Studio. The materials are made of 100% alundum and yield a striking difference in whiteness when compared to traditional porcelain dials. At the Micro Artist Studio, the porcelain parts are painted and fired. This collaborative effort makes use of the Micro Artist Studio know-how to produce an original soft texture, and even a higher quality finished product. The dials are perfect. Pay attention, special attention to this part because this is what we'll talk about later. The logo and indexes are hand-painted to further elaborate the sense of warmth that comes with porcelain dials. It has a very light kind of cloud over all of the painting. So the blue is very vibrant and beautiful and it's dark and rich, but there's also, it looks like a, a light fog almost of this glaze that kind of drips over the dial, which is kind of what they're talking about. So, the resident painter at the Micro Artist Studio spent three years with ceramic makers renowned throughout Japan, where he, he, not they, he, received rigorous training. The painter takes special care over every aspect of the painting process, right down to mixing colors and selecting brushes, and there's an incredibly strong focus and technical ability are needed to complete even just one piece per day. And I think it's probably less than that, considering they output 20 watches, but, if you're looking at this watch, it says Crador on it. There's nothing else written. And if you look at the watch, I feel like up until about how close you can look with your eyes before things get blurry, it looks machine printed. It looks perfect. If you go under a loop, you can then see the details that can only be done by hand, and that is flaws. But the striking amount of perfection there done by a person 
is what blows everybody's mind. And we'll get into this later. Again, this is not the craziest part, but it is done usually with a single bristle. And the actual attention that goes into making sure it's the correct bristle may seem over it. Like, it's like, oh my God, do you really need to search and look through every bristle in this fucking place? And the answer is yes. And not because we need to find the perfect bristle for this or for that. But if you think about it in this perspective, it probably makes the person's job way easier if it's the right bristle like oh my god i have to paint these tiny letters i, I want to get the best tool possible so that's cool now what's cool about blue steel is that it's resistant to basically everything and that is why they used to blue steel on old watches now we have stainless steel and everything so it's a lot easier but on old watches they used to blue steel so that way it didn't rust or look bad and now they blue steel usually just kind of as a ornamentation and they do it by chemical but not the micro artist studio. So in this process, the hour, minute, and second hands are processed into a blue color that gives them a unique appearance, AKA blue. These are known as tempered blue hands. They are created through a process of about 20 steps. As heat is applied to the mirror surface parts, the surface color changes from brown to blue. As this iconic blue coloration only occurs at a specific moment, removing parts from the flame at exactly the right moment requires expert skill. This is very true. And this is one of the things that is a lost craft over time by most watch brands because you can do it via chemicals. So this is part of the reason that it's cool too. Uh, this step exploits the natural phenomenon of color changes through variation in temperature and humidity to produce a deep and consistent blue. In the H2, the screws fastened to the bridge are also blued. And keep in mind that the hands and the screws and everything are all hand polished. And even going a step further, not on the Micro Artist Studio, but on the Philippe Dufour, oh, I forget the model one, but then the hands are taken by hand, the hands by hand, on this tiny little roller, and the edge of the hands is ever so slightly bent down to point at the dial, which is, that's incredibly precise and in why Philippe Dufour is who Philippe Dufour is. And then, of course, we have Mr. Nakazawa, who is a medal with a yellow ribbon recipient and the guy in the Micro Artist Studio. He has a whole thing from Seiko about him, but all the beautiful parts are skillfully assembled by Mr. Nakazawa using a process designed in the Micro Artist Studio itself. While this assembly may seem straightforward at first glance, the ultimate sense of simplicity achieved here is actually the result of practiced, high-level skill that is absolutely intolerant of waste or imperfection. Mr. Nakazawa's hands give life to the assembled parts, turning them into watches of astonishing precision. And then finally, the tools used in watchmaking are essential for expressing a master skill and are each personally customized by a technical expert to their liking. In polishing, for example, the dried stalk of the gentian plant is used for its optimum softness as well as its capacity to hold abrasive compounds and provide an even finish. And here's the fun fact. These stocks need to be cut to the appropriate length before they can be used and are difficult to obtain in Japan. They're difficult to obtain in Japan because when Philippe Dufour was teaching some of these artists how to polish, he had these. So the Japanese artists then went back and wanted to get their own, and it was very difficult to source them there as opposed to where Philippe Dufour was sourcing them from. So investigations led the Micro Artist Studio to a medical university in Ho... 
Hokkaido, which H O K K A I D O, which has been cultivating the plants for use as medicine, and now the studio sources all its gentian from Hokkaido cultivars. In addition, the brushes used to paint the logo, and then we're finally going to get onto the other part here. But the brushes used to paint the logo and the indexes are sourced from brush makers in Hiroshima, known for their quality cosmetic brushes. Our painting expert visits, or their painting expert visits, the company himself and carefully picks only the finest brushes. Okay. Fantastic. Like I said, that is all so cool. I love that. I, I, Grant Seiko tells everybody that. And I don't think they hit the nail on the head as to why this is so cool. They do to a degree, but I feel like you kind of have to read between the lines because when you look at the watch and you hear what they're doing, you're like, wow, that is cool. They did. They are really precise. That's cool. Wow, you found a plant that does it the best? That's fascinating. And it is fascinating. But the idea, which I actually read in a Hodinkee article changed my perspective of this completely. So the idea is this is a wristwatch in its most simple form. It's a white dial. It doesn't even have numbers on it. And its only job is to tell time and to tell time well. And not only well, it is supposed to be an expression of the most perfected and optimized form of simplicity, which is very cool. But it's likened to meditation and this is, again, I know it's an incredibly expensive watch and incredibly hard to get, so it sounds like, well, it's the ultimate form of meditation. I know, you have to be rich to be doing this, but still, think about it, it's very cool. Based on meditation, and for me, at least, after reading that, I was like, oh, okay. I have a lot of stuff to do every single day, and I'm very busy, and life, I'm 26 years old, and life is flying by every day I wake up at like six, I'll work till like 10 or 11 at night, sometimes later, and just I'm cranking through the days and I'm getting older. And it, like, I don't even feel like when it's beautiful outside and the sun is setting, I'm like, oh, I would love to go on a walk, but I can't because I have work to do. I have to get things done. It's very, very frustrating, but I have a goal in mind, and that is to, you know, get somewhere by a certain age, still be young, and hopefully have a much different life than I do now. But what's special about these watches is they are the literal form of what most people are after, which is a heightened sense of consideration for everything. It is what would happen if you had unlimited time to pursue something to the highest degree, and that's it. And that is what I think is so beautiful about these watches and the Philippe Dufours of the world, is that... Philippe Dufour, I think, wanted to produce like 75 of a watch, and he ended up making nine. The Micro Artist Studio only makes 20 watches per year. And it's that beauty of there is a level of consideration that you can take in the world and make these incredibly beautiful handcrafted pieces and like be like, okay, I'm going to make a watch. Time is not a factor. And I'm going to make it by hand. And I'm going to put as much care into this machine that I can, and I will make a beautiful representation of time and consideration that you really can't buy unless you are obscenely wealthy. And even then, it's hard to not get caught up in all the things that life has and is throwing at you. And that's what I really, really like about this. Just knowing that someone's only focus is to make this beautiful machine and make it as beautiful as possible and take all the consideration. And if you mess up on the dial, they will take it back. They won't give it to you. They will take it back and redo it until it is perfect. It can show you that like 
through this whole metaphor, that walk in the woods or that walk that I wanted to take, but I didn't have time to, it'd be like, I took a walk, you know, around a neighborhood and the sun didn't set until I told it to. It's one of those things. And that is what really sold me on this watch. Not that I can afford it. Not that I probably will ever get one. Maybe I'll just put money away and by the time I'm 80, I'll snag one or something like that. Who knows? But that is what I really like about these watches. And that is what I think the very wealthy people of the world, some of who may be listening to this podcast, Christian is friends with some very wealthy people, may have. Christian has a form of it now where he is he's on vacation for this whole week, not doing much. He's still emailing and stuff, but it's just a form of like achievement that is... I have overcame my lust for material goods, even though this is a material good, but still. I've overcame that lust, and now all I see is the beauty and the appreciation in the world that I usually find only older, successful people have. Like, these, I'm thinking of these people that I know that are very well off, and they just, they'll just go for a walk and, on Christmas with all the time in the world, and they'll just think about lights, and they're like, wow, the Christmas lights are so beautiful. And I'm like, I know. I can see them for 10 seconds, and then I have to go back and finish this deadline. Either way, that is Micro Artist Studio. They make brilliant things. I, honestly, they make brilliant things, but my favorite piece is the H2. I just wish, wish it was smaller. Not everything is for me there, but that watch, when it was compared to meditation, I was like, that's awesome. I'll see you all soon. Christian will be back soon, and we'll be back to our usual antics before you even know it. Hope you all having a good day. I'll talk to you soon.